Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to Forgive and Forget. My name is Hal Sadie, a.k.a. Halu. And this week on the podcast, we have a guest. His name is Robert Tabbitt. Robert is a fantastic comedian. He's a writer. He's a He, he was a music producer at some point. I, I think I believe he still does that as well. He does a, a, a million things. He's like a machine. So, and if you can follow him on Instagram at it's Tabbitt, I-T-S-T-A-B-E-T. And let's get, let's get on with the show. I do music stuff with my buddy and I help him write. But I, cause I like to write, write, but a lot of times I'll just like grab a mic and I'll talk into it. Mm-hmm. And that like helps the words come to my brain. I don't know why this is like a comfort thing. It's always yeah. been, it's always been a comfort thing, but I don't know. I think it's just. We just get used, like, especially if you write on stage, there's something about, it's like a placebo effect where this, like, triggers your brain. Yeah. The creativity just comes, but, yeah. Yeah, dude. I don't I, know. Do you, do you write on stage sometimes? Uh, It depends on the joke. Like, uh, I don't know. So, I like to, I like to clean it up on stage. Like, you know, sometimes it'll, it'll just get to a point where it's too much written out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to figure out how I'd actually say this. So then I would say, then I kind of write on stage. Um, but sometimes there's a, a thing that I don't even know what it is, and then I'll say it on stage. But if there's like a bit that I kind of know in my head, I don't like to write um, on stage. But I also do know that my writing process has changed a lot in just like a year mm-hmm. and a half. So it's like, I don't fucking know. Maybe I'll start writing on stage. All my friends write on stage, so I'm yeah. like, maybe I'll just it, get I, there. I think it it could be part of the process at least i don't know for sure there's a mic and all that i've been hitting on sundays that not a lot of people go to mm-hmm. um but it's the mic at dig pub with my buddy Corey, and he gives me like 15 sometimes like 20 minutes oh wow okay. and then so part of me thinks if there's a if there's a point in life where i'm just getting to work regularly in front of crowds i can right i can maybe write on stage because then yeah. what i'll find is after about five to seven minutes you kind of find that pocket yeah if the crowd's with you and then you kind of feel that adrenaline your creative juices going and then yeah. i can kind of wander off and and write on stage so a lot of it uh, f- i feel like a lot of times it's not an environment or a situation that's conducive to me even figuring out if uh, if i can write on stage yeah but there's been glimpses of longer mic mic sets where i'm like oh i have 20 i can kind of right on stage and I can talk to people and they can talk back and I'm like oh that's kind of like this is a new thing that I don't get to do very often Mm -hmm. so I'd say in my current situation I don't write on stage but I've had glimpses where I'm like maybe I can do this maybe it's just not the right situation for it yeah I've had moments where I do it and it's a lot of bombing at least in my case I don't know but I I bomb a lot anyway right 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 and I think yeah I think like uh, bombing is interesting too because it's like i don't know i feel like a lot of people just throw a big umbrella on the word bombing where like you say something and like there's no laughs but chances are like let's say you're getting no laughs and you're getting no laughs but it's mm. building up to something yeah and then you find the thing that gets the big laugh at the end yeah if you never reach that point yeah maybe you bombed but if you've eventually reached that point where it all ties together you weren't bombing you were just kind of figuring yeah. something out and yeah. a lot of times too people will be like 
yeah, I just bombed at a mic where everybody's bombing. I, I think personally, if everyone's bombing, no one's bombing. Yeah, that's it's the true. environment. I think a bomb is like a, you feel it and you're like, oh, yeah, like, oh, like, like just the sweat, the sweat, the sweat. Yes. Down on, oh, every everyone's doing good. And then you bombed <laughs> and then you're like, fuck, that's yeah. that's a real yeah. that's a real bomb. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, talking, uh, t- you know, I have friends that can just write on stage no matter what. Yeah, I don't think I'm one of those, mostly because I like writing. I like write writing a lot. I think yeah. like writing on stage a lot of times is almost like a, a defense mechanism for mm-hmm. some people because they don't like to do it yeah. off stage, which is fine too. Uh, comedy is all about leaning into your strengths. Yeah. I think I don't think it's Im- I think it's more important to double triple down on your strengths. Yeah, and make sure your weaknesses aren't something that's going to sink the boat. Just make sure they're not like detrimental. Yeah, I I, I can definitely I I agree with that because sometimes like I feel like when I write like write write that works for me but then i get too stuck in the oh i wrote it that way so i have to say it that right. way i don't know if that happens to you yes and uh, yeah but then i go on stage i'm like fuck this i'm just gonna talk about whatever and that's right. fun too so i in my case at least i feel like it, if there's like some middle ground um i'll i'll tell you something i started doing like yesterday cool i started walking around and then dictating into my phone just mm-hmm. talking into right. it and i feel like i've found a lot of stuff that i wouldn't have found before just writing yes so and i just keep asking myself like what's funny about this what what else is funny about this and it it just prompts me to keep digging in which i don't think i would ever would have ever done that before. right i I used to so my first year and i'm coming up on the end of my second right and i i uh, the first year i had a stage in my house Mm -hmm. that i built it was just a uh it's like it was like a five by five piece of thin plywood that i put on cement blocks and I wrapped it with a rug mm-hmm. and I, it would be in this empty room that I now have for sketches. But mm-hmm. before I would just when I'd have an idea or sometimes after mics, I'd go home and then I would just get on that and I would just pace around with a mic. And it would just like help me figure out like the next part of the bit or even if it even feels good, because yeah. what I r- realized, you know, because I write a bunch of different styles. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I'm working on a movie with my buddy, Alex. Yeah. Uh, and then I write sketches and then I write comedy and then I write music with mm-hmm. my buddy. Yeah. It's, uh, Oh, you still do music? I, I do. I write me, I help my buddy write music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of it is all from, obviously it's all from the same place, but it's, you have to kind of think about your audience and mm-hmm. how they're going to digest it. Like what I found a lot of times is what I write funny is witty. But mm-hmm. then when it comes out, it's like, well, I see the joke, but it's not, yeah. it doesn't it's, elicit it's a laugh. Funny, yeah. Yes. It's more like, oh, that's witty. And then a lot of times just talking through something is when you make yourself laugh. And then you're like, oh, that's yeah, that's the humor in it. But, yeah, yeah. I also think it is important, like just like you're walking around Mm -hmm. and talking, that's bringing an extra edge to your process. I think it's also important to just write whatever, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times I was talking to a comedian that I. I really like his name is Matt the W and he does. Yeah, yeah he's really he's, cool. He's really funny. Man. He's really funny. He's really cool. He's unique. And what I think the reason why I think he's so unique is because he's always done music, rapping mm-hmm. and comedy. And th- this is just something I observed w- when I first started doing comedy and what I like clung to and what I still cling to is none of my favorite comedians only do comedy. OK, they all do something else, too. And I think it's because it's like. 
in order to become a good writer, just be able yeah. to come become good at just writing bits and just being a good comedian, you have to work your brain in like parallel mm. ways. You know, yeah. it's kind of like when you're going to the gym. I use, always use this metaphor. It's like when you're going to the gym and you're benching. At a certain point, if your triceps don't get stronger, mm-hmm. you're going to plateau at your bench. So you have to work your triceps. You have to work some back muscles too. Yeah. So it's kind of like when people say I don't like writing, I think a lot of it is you you don't like writing because you you have pressure on yourself to write something funny. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like guys like Matt the W get it. You just need to be writing. Yeah. So the the comedy will come in waves, mm-hmm. but you, you, a lot of times to break through to the next level of comedy writing, you have to get your co- you have to get your writing to the next level in of itself, and that's never going to come if you don't just write. And a lot of people like talk to me about writing and I'm like, just start writing about why you don't like writing. Yeah. You're very quickly going to find stuff about yourself and you're going to find that you kind of do like writing. Just take the pressure off of yourself for it to be funny. That's yeah. all. That's all it needs to be is just writing. And I think that's. Yeah. I don't know. You mentioned that all of your favorite comedians are like they always they all do something else. Mm-hmm. Who, who, could you. What, what, yeah what, so like for me the i th- for me the 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 ones are like you know louis did everything mm-hmm. he louis my number one yeah, um he's he's my absolute favorite i think he's never missed on a special mm-hmm. maybe 20 what was that one 2019 on netflix a yeah. little bit but what's funny is then he got canceled shortly after and then he came back with three of his best like the best ever yeah like he, he kind of is like my michael jordan because he went through some weird shit in the middle and then mm-hmm. he came back with the three peat so yeah. it's like that's louis that's one seinfeld you got him right there yeah he obviously even like his comedians and cars getting coffee Dude, i fucking love that, was that amazing. show oh i love i that's I used to call it a guilty pleasure. Now it's like it's just a shit. Just, I love it's so much fun to watch. It's and, and very introspective, too. And it's like, oh, these guys are just like human beings and they've just been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Burr yeah. d- has done a million things. Yeah. F is for Families One. You just directed that movie that I'm afraid oh, to watch because I heard. It's good. OK, I had so, I got some weird feedback on it, but maybe I'll okay. watch it. Uh, it just yeah. go with low expectations. You'll, you'll yeah, have yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Chappelle, another one. Okay. The Chappelle show. Amazing. And then uh, David Tell did it. Even he did insomniac yeah so for me it's like those are like my five favorites you know and i think it's you know even like patrice i love patrice he would do opie and anthony and like Mm -hmm. his he would be talking on the you know on the fucking radio for hours so it's like they were always working on something adjacent to comedy i think a lot of times you know people I've had people like uh, I talk to people that like quit their jobs and just do comedy and they like lose their mind because mm. it's such a lonely thing. And yeah. you, you you will be just in a hole of despair and loneliness because you're not working out other parts of your life. Mm-hmm. You have to be a human being. I y- think that's the important part. I, I agree with all of, of what you just said. Like my favorites, most of them. I, I love David Tell. I don't mm-hmm. consider him one of my favorites, but I, I do love him. I, mm-hmm. I went to see him live, and I was like, dude, what the fuck is yeah. this guy doing? This I'll tell you David Tell's story after, but keep going. Um, it, even in sports, like if you like the like all the greats, like for example, Michael Jordan was a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady was a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guys was something else. Like they right. oh Wayne Gretzky, he used to like play a bunch of different sports, and he just played hockey because right. his his dad just encouraged him to do whatever, and he always gravitated. Th- right. They all had something else that they liked to do. So right. th- that like uh, what you were saying, like it just like works that other muscles. Yeah, even Rogan, who's like one of the modern like favorites, he yeah. did. You know, Shane. Ever think of like the yeah. comic Shane Gillis? Sketch. He has the sketches, he has his podcast, mm-hmm. and he has his you know his stand up, and it's not. 
it's not a coincidence. I truly believe a lot of times when people feel like they're stuck or they're in a rut with comedy, it's because they're searching for the answers in comedy when yeah. in reality you need to search for the answers in your personal life yeah. and grow as a person and grow creatively and then come back to comedy. And I think that's why it's so important also to be organized in mm. comedy because yeah. a lot of times what i found it like i try to stay like hyper organized yeah uh what i found is a lot of times i'll come up with a bit that's not quite funny yet because mm. my voice hasn't found what it needs to be yet and yeah. my timing my cadence are off and then so i'll just put it i'll file it in a specific spot and then i'll come back to it in just like two three months and it's already i'm like oh yeah 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 that's the timing of that like that's where i have to slow down that's where i have to pause a lot of times like my anxiety would have gotten, you know, to the point where I like I don't want to pause and let it mm -hmm. like settle into the audience. Yeah. And then I come back around I'm like, no, no, I got to let them eat this for like a few seconds. Yeah. And then it comes back to it. So, yeah, I think it's it's, you know, just being organized and coming back to certain stuff to mm -hmm. a point where you can just allow yourself to grow and find the comedy. It's like yeah. that's that's everything. But the David Tell story is going to tell you, I went when he went to Cap City, I mm -hmm. went to all seven of his shows. Oh wow, you went to all Yeah, Damn. And, and that that blew my mind because that kind of put into perspective how you can work at comedy mm -hmm. because there was maybe like 20 minutes of overlap between each set and the rest okay. where he would just like wander. And I'm like, that's Damn. fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. And a lot of times when he'd bring people on, like he always brings people on stage after, mm -hmm. it's very calculated what they'll talk about. It's almost mm -hmm. like they're helping each other riff through bits that they're working oh, on. Oh, okay. So, and that, it was really interesting too because that last show, what happened is, so he'd done six shows, really amazing. Seventh show, it started off weird because about three minutes into his set, his mic cut mm -hmm. and then he had another mic on stage and that's because you know he invites people on stage after so yeah. he had two mics and he was like kind of goofing around and it was like an improv thing but it wasn't his act yeah and the energy was like waning so when the they finally fixed that mic that he was working on and it turned on and the audience like clapped a little bit he just turned it up and he literally did the best version of every joke from the last oh, six nights wow like murder like and i watched the 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 switch go and he just did this is the best version of the joke this is the best version like he just went and it oh was like it just slaughtered and i was like oh okay there's just different levels to like yeah. where it was so good i i couldn't laugh it's like it's <laughs> like that south park episode where cartman sees the people whose faces I've literally turned into assholes. And yeah. it's so funny, he can't laugh. That's yeah. why I was just like, oh my God, no one in here knows what he just did, oh but I get God. it. Like literally, because it was weird. It was like the first 10 minutes of the set, maybe like eight minutes, maybe mm. not the first full time, but the first eight minutes of the set were getting wasted because it was like the mics weren't working. He was improving, trying to be funny with the crowd walking around. I think at one point he killed a cockroach that crawled across the <laughs> street, but it wasn't his act. And you yeah. could feel it like his brain was like, and then when the mic worked and everybody started clapping, he just went into it. And it was like he did. He was stepping on laughs with bigger laughs to a point where it was like just pure murder. And I was like, oh, shit, he's one of the great ones. It Dude, was crazy to watch. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why people always say the tell is like their favorite and whatever. Yeah. And just you witnessing that you've just got a master class in everything. Yeah, it was crazy, too, because I went after him, I went after it, the last show. It was mm -hmm. everything was, uh, uh, you know, basically winding down. And mm -hmm. I waited in line till the end. Mm hmm. And so I went up to him. I'm basically the last person line on the last show. And I had all seven tickets. I go. And what I noticed during his shows is he would give out a poster. Did you see him at Cap City or Mothership? I, I, I saw him at Cap City. So yeah. he would give out a poster, right? Yeah. 
And people, I noticed this, he, people would go to shake his hand and they'd give him a fuss bump. He wouldn't touch him uh, every time. When I went up to him after the last show and I said, hey, man, I'm a comedian. I went to all seven of your shows. And he looks at me and goes, oh, shit, you went to all seven shows? I go, yeah. And then he shook my hand. And I was like, oh, this is dope. He hasn't really shook, shaken yeah. anyone's hand. And then he goes, I'm sorry I didn't switch it up that much. And I was like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck is going on, dude? What do you like? It was I was just like I told him, I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I've working on a couple hours and I feel like I stuck to just one. And in my head, I was like, no, you just like there's so many bits that he just randomly did once that he never did again. And yeah. I was like, what is happening? Like he did one bit where. Uh, I think it was like Friday night. He talked about how he went to a petting zoo on mushrooms and he let baby goats eat carrots out of his ears. <laughs> and I remember I, I just laughed so hard at that. And he never said it again. And I would just like think back like there are, there's like probably 200 people that went home that night being like, oh, That's there's a hour. bit in his new hour about yeah. how he did. And but then like he never brought it up. So I'm like, yeah. was that just something that popped in his head? Is that something he's working on? Is that yeah. an old bit? Like, what is that? Did it actually happen? Like, yeah. But yeah, it just blew my mind. He was like, yeah, sorry for not working, you know, switching it up more. And I was like, oh, there's so many levels to this. There's so much to like work at. But that's just David Tell. He's just yeah. always, he's just a joke smith. Because, dude, that's what I thought. Like, I, I left his hour. I'm like, okay, he, I know he changes tags here and there. So he must have like changed that, like, like maybe 20% of his set. But everything else is just going to be that. That that's incredible. Yeah, no, and what's great, like the way I would describe it is, let's say there's 20 things he wants to talk about. Like I remember at one point he talked about like uh, what's it called when you're like on the beach and you're like with the metal thing, metal oh, yeah. detecting. Yeah. He had a part about metal detecting, right? Let's say you talk about metal detecting. I don't know, telescopes level. He has like mm. 20 things he wants to talk about. He'll take 10 of them and do them for like two minutes, and then he'll take 10 of them and do them for like eight to nine minutes okay and he'll just really stretch it out and really do new tags and like really take the bit to a weird place and then that last night he took all 20 bits and did the best three of all of them so each night he was like rearranging the order he talked in which ones he was going to push which ones he was just going to touch on with like the best tag mm -hmm. or sometimes i think he would just throw in a weird tag yeah and just be like let me see if i can recover from this like yeah. it was all just a game okay and i, and I heard nick mullen kind of did that too and he's one of my personal like current favorites yeah even though he he's only really has, good he's uh, he's you awesome seen his special it's so good year yeah. of the dragon yeah, i've watched yeah. it but i watched it when he came to cap city i was talking to a guy that works at cap city a comedian and he said he saw the act every night and he said it was the same bits but rearranged and certain ones stretched to a certain point mm. it was almost like calculus so for me it's like that's just it seems like that's just how the best ones work yeah and like for me this is what i always tell comedians that like it's so easy to compare yourself but I don't like to compare like I don't like to compare outcomes. I like to yeah. have effort based goals. Yeah. Like I don't really give a shit about who's getting booked and where yeah. or like how much time on stage I'm getting every month on shows. It's mm -hmm. like it's an effort based thing. Just yeah. put in the effort because you want to get to a point where you you can work a specific way. That's yeah. the point. You want to have certain shit in your repertoire and, and that's I, the stuff you can control right a thousand percent when i hear nick mullins work in a certain way and david tells work in a certain way and i admire and look up to both of them in comedy i'm like that's the goal yeah the goal is not to get booked on a, it's i love getting booked and i'm yeah. grateful for it but that's not what you can control yeah a lot of that is politics a lot of that is kind of like you, Who you getting know. in your own way in a way you know so it's like i just want to control the type of effort i can put yeah. in i don't really give a shit 
about you know that stuff i just want to work a certain way so yeah. those are like the goals that are worth aspiring towards actually like that organization thing like i learned that from you right the way you work with the one note i'm like oh shit like this guy has this whole system right and i know i've got like stuff that i've worked on and i just like leave it there and i don't even touch it i'm like oh i already did it i don't right. know right but i never think of like oh maybe if i just come back to it at some point it might get better or anything like that and then you have that and i've from seeing you go around the, the the mics now i i'm like oh you're always talking about something different right like, i'm 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 trying to talk about the same thing for like a week mm-hmm. and then if something's working i'll take that and i'll be like okay that's good i'll use that for later right but if if i don't get any response i'll, I'll i won't throw it away mm-hmm. but i'll try to be like okay I'm, I'm not gonna come to this for a while exactly but the way you do that, that that's very impressive the way you organize yourself and and he have that in that way I, I i really i really appreciate it when you told me about that stuff mm. i was like oh that's yeah dude. That's, that's really good and, and also I, it's for your it's like it's for me also it's like a it's how i work b it's like it's for my mental health mm-hmm. because i have this uh anxiety about me where i like to constantly feel like i i don't have anything to talk about or mm-hmm. i don't have anything new yeah or i'll go through a cold stretch and i'm like i don't know how to do comedy when you have the bits that work in front of you you're yeah. like oh no i do know how to do comedy i just haven't done these in a while because yeah. i haven't had shows and then a lot of times if you haven't written anything new it's it's so it's so nice to just be like well what do i have and then you click you're like oh shit yeah yeah i have like nine bits i haven't touched in like a month and a half that I could like revisit. And then there's the, there's that hope that you'll figure out one on stage. Yeah. You're like, Oh, there we go. I didn't have to write anything new. Like I'm always trying to write and I'm always trying to cycle stuff and keep them organized. But yeah, there's stretches where I'm like, God, I I don't know how to do comedy. And then you open that tab that has all the bits that work and you're like, Oh no, I'm good. You know, like that's, I'm fine. Like this is good. And then you're like, Oh, I haven't written anything new. And you'll click that tab. I I have a floating tab and Mm -hmm. I have a development tab. Yeah. And it's like for me, it's like try. So it's like the 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 tabs that I use. It's try. This is when I have a brand new idea, so I'll put mm-hmm. it in try. And then it, it's try floating when I've tried it and nothing really happened. Yeah. And I tried for a week and like nothing really happened. I'll put it in floating. It's just a floating thing mm-hmm. because I don't really even know what it is yet. Yeah. Is it a is it a punchline? Is it a premise? Is it just a set? Sometimes it's just a set of words that I yeah. find interesting. And then from there, I have development and I have cleanup and then I have works. In development, I'm like, oh, these are kind of on a roll. I'm starting to see like where they can get cleanup is like where they're close, and then if they work, they just fucking work. Yeah. And when I have nothing, I feel like, oh, I've got, you know, I don't know how to do comedy. I'll click that works tab, and I'm like, oh no, I'm good. I have ta- I have jokes. Yeah. I just forgot about them. And then yeah. I'll, I'll when I'm like, I haven't written something this week. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'll click that floating tab or the development tab or even the try tab, or just stuff that I haven't. I've been trying a week or two. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, I could just do this with this. Yeah, let's see. And a lot of times things just reveal themselves where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is kind of like this thing that I talked about three weeks ago that I thought was just floating. Mm-hmm. Let's see how they go together. And then also a trick that I like to tell people is just like pick something. I have I also have like a tab that's uh, stories that I'm going to tell mm-hmm. one day yeah. and uh, just stuff that's happened throughout my life. And a lot of times it's like, if you can't come up with, if you haven't written something in a while, pick a story and just write it. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of times, uh, this a story will cleanse your emotions. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, what happens is 
when you're going on a cold streak, which happens to everyone with mm-hmm. comedy, yeah. you almost forget how emotions are supposed to relate to what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is like a weird, I'm supposed to feel weird about this. Yeah. So a story like is like a reset for your emotions because then you're, you're just telling, you're just being honest. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this was scary. This was happy. This was sad. Yeah. And it's coming out of you in that way. And it's almost like the when you're eating sushi, the, the fucking, the flat, the flour, you know, the, the, the lemony the, shit. Yeah, yeah. And you, it's a palate cleanser. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what that's supposed to feel like. And then when you come off the story, you're kind of like reset your emotions. You're like, oh, yeah, that's what it feels like to talk about something sad or happy. Even if you don't get laughs, yeah. it like resets your emotions. That's a good, that's a nice way to look at it. Cause, and stories, you always, you already, you don't have to memorize it. Because you already know what happened, right? Right. You can organize it later, but you can just get up on stage and talk about it. Right. And you don't have to be like, oh, do I have to remember this? Which is something like the, my first year in Austin, I was just trying to remember shit. Yep. And and I was like, I'm not even present on stage. And, yeah. And what, what, what's the point of even getting up, right? You know, so. It's also really hard to bomb a story. Like, this is what I tell, like. When I have stories written, they're just bullet points. Mm. I like to write a lot. The stories are just bullet points because I'm like, let me just figure this out on stage because at least you're honestly kind of combing your brain. Yeah. A story will reset everything that you're struggling with. You don't, you're not pro, you're probably not going to get much laughs, but it's something that's special to you. You're going to hold people's attention. Even if you don't get many laughs, you're going to figure out how to tell the story and if you get a laugh, you might have just figured out a part of a new bit because yeah. you're like, oh, then I can just kind of reference this part in a little bit. Yeah. Like the, a story is great, but chances are you can just take a part of the story yeah. and be like, oh, this is a comedy bit now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tell people I tell people write a write a story or tell a story on stage. Or if you can't figure out what to write and you're trying to get back in the swing of things of how to write. Write a bit about your favorite book, your favorite mm-hmm. movie, your favorite show, because it'll at least be relatable to some people that have seen it. Yeah. And you, it's it's similar to a story where you don't have to really make something up. You just have to kind of talk about it, and mm-hmm. then you just have to find the humor in what you thought was weird about yeah. it. Yeah, and you can even make a great bit out of it. I'm I'm thinking of like the Louis bit about the the Matt Damon movie, the fucking Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, dude, that bit the, is amazing. It's amazing, and that movie is not current it's at like all. Twenty year old movie. Yes, and it, it's so funny too because it's. It's juxtaposed with a bit about YouTube ads. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's that's hyper modern. Like yeah. YouTube ads like that's you couldn't talk yeah. about that five years ago. YouTube ads. And then he goes to a movie in the 90s and it's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Is talk about something you really, really enjoy and something yeah. you, you enjoy consuming because no one can find something that they hate about something more than the person that loves it. Yeah. Like any any ex-friend or ex-girlfriend or ex-boss used to work for you can if at a, they weren't the boss that you hated right off the bat. They were yeah. the, the you you used to have a good relationship with mm-hmm. them, and then it got to a point where you hate it. Right? It's the same thing with a movie or a book that you love. You have that special relationship with it, but you can find something you fucking hate yeah. about that thing because that is so true. It's the there's that quote. It's like the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. Yeah. Love and hate are like very yeah, close. Very closely. Now. Very. So it's like oh I love this thing, but what do I fucking hate about <laughs> it? And you'll find the humor that people yeah. love when you hate something. Yeah. Dude, that that is incredible. Like, well, how for your like, have you always been this organized? Uh, no. But it, the thing is, and this is what I was saying about like, I used to think that I hated organization and I hated writing and I hated reading. But it's because I was forced to do it in mm-hmm. environments and things that I did not like. Yeah. 
So that that's kind of like it's a parallel thing to comedy where you get good at things that you think you don't like until you can then apply it in things that you do enjoy. Yeah. So like I never thought I enjoyed writing till I started doing it with music and mm. then sketches and now comedy. Yeah. I didn't think I enjoyed reading until I was allowed to read whatever I want. Mm. Or just started ignoring what I was told to read in school to read yeah. whatever I want, right? I didn't enjoy being organized until I had something worth being organized for. Mm. But I worked at a law firm right out of college. So, like, I was constantly forced to be organized. And, you know, I've, I'm still working the corporate world. And organization is a big part of that success. So, it's like... Yeah. I'm forced to do it in a place that I don't like. And now when I apply it to myself, it is an edge. Yeah. It's like the reps that I had to put towards things that I hated. Now yeah. I apply it to myself I'm like this makes sense. And it makes it a lot easier, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. I feel bad. Like organizations almost like a like a language or like an instrument where mm -hmm. I'm like, God, you really I can tell you how to do it. But it's you're going to struggle if you yeah. haven't done it early yeah. and often, you know, yeah. and like. That's something that I've learned about the corporate world is once upon a time, even when I first started comedy, I thought the corporate world was a detriment. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I see how much work it takes to be successful. Yeah. And I take I see the elements that you need in every corporate job to be successful. And I think mm -hmm. those elements are paralleled to comedy in a, in a weird way. Yeah. And also I'm constantly surrounded by like normal people and mm. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what you find funny. Yeah. I shouldn't be talking about Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> if, you're, if you're laughing about how the cookies are a little yeah. burnt today, yeah. it's like, oh, that's what you laugh at. Okay, that's good. I should, I need that dose of like reality. Yeah. Like the corp, yeah, the corporate world is like, I actually kind of like it in an interesting yeah. way. I've kind of found, I've come to find what I like love about it. Yeah. It, but yeah. It's it. Yeah, corporate stuff is. I I haven't been in corporate in in the corporate corporate world for a long time mm -hmm. until like the last year and a half, mm -hmm. and it has it wasn't that corporate until like very like maybe like the last four or five months, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is what that feels like, because I worked for myself for a long time, and I needed to get a job, and I tried to get jobs here and there, but they. But, you know, when you work for yourself, then, then suddenly just having a boss that's just, like, breathing down your neck right. is very annoying. So you're right. like, oh, I can't do this. And then the job I have now is, like, for a long time, I didn't have a, a boss who was breathing down my neck. So it kind of felt like I was working for myself in a way. Right. And then I see how they want to make the company corporate now. Mm -hmm. So, like, you start to see, like, oh, this. And I understand the reason behind being so organized because that's how you can measure shit and when you measure s stuff it's a lot easier to say oh we can improve this or we can improve that right and those numbers tell a story yes right? so yes it, if you apply that to your own stuff then you can like grow leaps and bounds a thousand percent i think that the the hard part about comedy is there's almost no objective measurements of progress mm -hmm. and the ones that do pop up are quickly forgotten yeah like you i like you know I, I think this is normal for a lot of people that get booked unless you reach a point where you're like past mics which mm -hmm. i feel like there's way too many people in austin that think past <laughs> mics when in reality they only do shows but yeah for shows come in waves right yeah. so it's like after you get booked you're like in this dry spot and you're like how do i how can i tell if i'm like progressing mm. it's the organization yeah. that's the big part of it because yeah. then you can like it, having your shit together off stage where you can kind of have your processes in place yeah like that's i pay attention to that more than anything because like you know i work on the sketch show with like 
Hunter mostly like side by side with mm. Hunter, but you know, Will Malden's also another guy that I yeah. work with a lot. And it's like watching having those processes in place with comedy while also working on the movie like you can only juggle all that if your processes are completely in place and i think a lot of people just they don't really think about what they're going to do till they show up to a mic and they're like okay what am i going to talk about today when in reality you gotta kind of have you have to have a sustainable thing in place or you're going to fucking burn out it's it doesn't make any yeah. sense to be kind of flying by the seat of your pants because a lot of people, I think, try to reach for that next level before they're strong enough to hold on. And they think the strength comes from their jokes. But in reality, the strength comes from being able to keep working once you've reached that next level. Yeah. Whereas, like, a lot of people, they, they reach that next level and they get complacent. Like, I can't tell you how many people had a good Kill Tony appearance and then I, I haven't Never seen him. Seen him. I've, I haven't seen him again. Like, in their head, they're like, I did it. It's like, yeah. oh, fuck, dude, no, you well, could have been great. Yeah, that that was their goal. So once they got that, it's like, oh, I'm, I don't need or to Or they do don't even realize that that was their goal. They Their goal was to feel something. That's the yeah. saddest part is, like, yeah. you see people get into comedy. It's not – I shouldn't say it's sad. I guess the sad part is that they n never really realize that. But, like, I see a lot of people get into comedy – for like weird reasons and mm -hmm. then they kind of fill whatever void they're looking for and they they disappear so yeah. it's like maybe you know that one appearance is all you wanted but in yeah. reality the key is to reach for that next rung when you're ready yeah. and you hold on and then you stick yeah and then you work there and then you reach for the next one and you stick and that's what that's what i think about i don't really care about the other shit but there there is something sad about them having this incredible amount of potential and then they just got to the first rung and then they stopped and yes. just being like, hey, man, you could have been incredible. Yeah. Yes, that is there is something sad about that. a thousand. It is. It is sad, but it's sad. It's sad to us. Yeah. Not to them. If they're yeah, happy, they don't. E I don't even don't know. Care. I used to say that all the time. It's like, yeah, this is sad. But then I'm like, are they sad? If they yeah. if they're not sad and it's their situation, yeah. how sad is it? It's yeah. really about as sad as I decide that. It yeah. Is. yeah. And then after that, it's like. You know, I guess, you know, it moves on. But that's something I had to really. I was talking to Melissa Diaz early mm -hmm. when I was first starting at Buzzmill. Yeah. And she she mentioned something. She was like, you know, people get into comedy for different reasons and people have different goals. And yeah. I was like, oh, like, I don't know why I thought that wasn't the case. Like, yeah. it's the, that's the way it is everywhere when you go yeah. to the gym you get everything from the people that are there from the first time to the people that are on more steroids than i can afford on a monthly basis yeah everyone's got different goals when yeah. you're in work when you're at a corporate job you have the people that are just trying to skate by and the people that are trying to be the next ceo and yeah. everything in between when yeah. you're grocery shopping you just you have some people that are just walking in to get a kit kat and you have some people that need to feed their fucking family there's different goals in every environment and i don't know why in comedy i just thought everyone was just trying to be the next yeah louie and i'm yeah. like what are you doing and it's like <laughs> what are you doing dude they're just some people are just bored some people just went through a breakup yeah. some people are really trying it's just yeah. different goals a know? lot of people use it for therapy which i find hilarious because like there is no growth in that point yeah. i find it hilarious but it's not funny yeah. you know <laughs> like i find it hilarious, but it is fucking because a lot and this is you know it's tough like i feel like a lot of people uh, I don't want to say this is a woman thing. I'll say I've just noticed it with women lately. Yeah. That it's like the ex-divorcees mm -hmm. are like my ex-husband. It's like, that's cool. You just did 20 on your ex-husband. It's not real. Like, it's not really that, you know, yeah. that funny. But I will say, I think the reason that um, a lot of a lot of guys don't do it is because I feel like we don't have like the emotional processing 
power to be yeah. like, you know, like if a guy's trying to talk about his ex, he's like, yeah, she was a bitch. And then like, that's it. Where that's it's it. like women have like really understood their ex-husband and their own motivation. So they have a lot to talk about, but both sides, it's like, it's not that funny. I think yeah. people like hearing about current relationships <laughs> yeah. than exes because relating to pain is like kind of fun. But then if you're asking the audience to dial, delve into their pain, then yeah. it's like, it's a little weird. It gets like tricky, but yeah, that's the 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 therapy. The using it for therapy is is odd for yeah. sure. Is odd. Yeah. When uh, when did you first start like getting into music? Uh, so that was 2013, uh, 2014. So it, it was uh, me and my still my best friend to this day. That's not in comedy. His name is Victor. Mm -hmm. He was like, I just want to start making beats. And so we would like leave the bar. I'd be over at his place till like two in the morning. He like by chance lived like two blocks away from me in college, but I've known him since uh, middle school. Mm -hmm. And um, he would make beats and we'd like make beats together or like I would like write to the beats just to see how they would sound uh, with like vocals on top of the beats. so that we did that. And then after college, I started a record label with him mm -hmm. and I did that while working at a law firm for like, fuck, I don't know, up until covid so probably like 2016 through 2019 okay. um and that was really fun but around the time that covid ended i started to feel like it what it maybe wasn't um w what i wanted to do with my life completely because i started mm -hmm. doing sketches at the same time yeah and that was really fun too because i've always been super like before i did music i did uh short films so okay. like i kind of it was just like a circle where it was like maybe that's what i wanted to do so you've always so, been really creative yeah 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 and it, that's just a way of saying I, i've always not had friends you know because <laughs> like that's like you either sp you either develop your social skills or you develop your creative side or you develop nothing and you wake up with like a general sense of sadness but like yeah. you know yeah, I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was always very creative and into music a lot. And it was something, it was like kind of like what I like to spend my time doing along with film. So it was like, yeah, I did, I did music starting around 2013, 2014, but I was also like in band when I was mm. in like sixth grade. What instrument did you play? Uh, so I was in, I was in Vermont. It was a very small band. So I would play two types of saxophones and two types of clarinets. Jesus. Yeah. But it's all honestly like if I, if I, so like, let's say I, I'm on a date with you and mm -hmm. I'm trying to get late. I would just yeah. leave it at that, but we're yeah. on a podcast. So let me yeah. just add the stipulation. Yeah. It was all the same. Okay. It was the same fingering and it was the same <laughs> reading the notes and it was, yeah. it was identical. Okay. So like, I'm like, yeah, I do four instruments. Everyone's like, wow. And I'm like, it's the same <laughs> thing. Anybody that does one can pretty yeah. much yeah. do all four is very similar, but yeah, yeah, it was all about like, what that sp specific piece needed because our ba like our, a normal band is like x amount of n members right and the the vermont you know elementary school band didn't have that many people so they were like okay for this one you should play this instrument so i'm like okay cool okay and i just do that but yeah i've always been i've always been creative and just kind of in my own world and it works out with comedy because i think comedy is like poison to like chase people yeah it's yeah. so it's so easy but i think it's all the goal is to like you know the way i think about it is like everyone wants to be friends with joe rogan that's mm. cool he's very cool yeah i would love to but I th I w i'm more interested in being the next one yeah that's i think you should aspire to be someone that's strong enough that pe people people just want to people chase you. yeah you don't want to chase uh, there's 
the chasing is death. There's nothing. Yeah. No one I admire was like, yeah, I did it by being on the back of this guy. <laughs> it's like, no, you did it by being you and yeah. strong enough for people to like look yeah. up to. And again, this goes back to the different goals. I don't think there's anything wrong with being that type of person. It just doesn't appeal to me, mm-hmm. you know, and some cer- certain people, this is sad. Certain people are only capable of being that thing. Yeah. But I think if you're capable of being your own person, you're strong, you're mature, you're creative, you have the yeah. work ethic, you owe it to the people around you to be that person. Yeah. So that's just what I aspire to do. I, I agree with that. I, that's what I try to do with myself. But sometimes life just gets in the way or – but it, that that's always the goal. I don't know if you have this, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then I'm just – my main goal is just I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want, and eventually someone else's idea just gets in the way, and they're like, oh, we're going to do that. Yep. And it's just like, fuck yeah. That's the way we're – is this pause or is it still recording? No, it's still recording. Okay, it's just cool. that at, certain, at a certain point – it, it just, just it passes it's, it's past exactly. the thing. It's just so oh, long. Oh, speak of the fucking devil. Just start moving again. Okay. Yeah. I just got distracted. Let me, but while, while you mention that, let yeah, me make sure check. it's still recording. Okay. We're good to go. <laughs> and, and we're back. We could yeah. just do a commercial with the yeah. dog sleeping. <laughs> that um, no, yeah. I think like uh, the the way I, I think for me, the organization is so key because you have organization and discipline are like the keys, mm-hmm. I think, because yeah. a lot of times what you're talking about, I have to have like my my day like scheduled in a certain way because yeah. like you know i have a dog that's mm-hmm. the first thing that's very difficult right yeah. and i also like like to work out and i also like to stay yeah. healthy and then i have a corporate job and then i like to do comedy yeah and it's like oh fuck so i have to wake up i have to wake up at a certain point i mm-hmm. have to do this for a certain number of you know, minutes and then I, you yeah. know so like there are certain parts where I just can't afford to get sidetracked, but mm. that's the beauty. That's the beautiful part of the creative world is like, yeah. sometimes I'll just sit down and I'm like, I want to focus on my set. And then Alex will say something hilarious. I'm like, but yeah, let's just riff this out right now. And yeah. then Amos will sit down. And I want to hear yeah. about him. And then next thing you know, I'm on deck and I haven't even opened my phone. I'm like, well, <laughs> so sometimes it's okay to let the organization yeah. go out the window and your aspirations yeah. go out the window because that's what the moment presented itself. And you're having you know? fun at the same time. Which yes. Fun will always, to me, fun will always make everything like come together. It's so fun is actually the only sustainable thing. Yeah, it really is. Fun is the only sustainable thing. Relationships fall apart because there's no longer fun. People quit comedy because it's no longer fun. Yeah. That's what I'm very sensitive to, right? Like so, like uh, these sketches that I'm working on with with Hunter and Will. A, I make sure they're paid because I don't yeah. believe if I'm working with my friends. A lot of people ask yeah. for like favor. I pay them full. Yeah. Right. Whatever they think they're going to get, maybe a little more. But yeah. B, when we're sitting down to make this, I'm like, is this fu- like, are you having fun? And they're like, yeah. yes. I'm like, good. Because yeah. if not, then like, let's pause. Like, what's the problem? Like, yeah. let's make it more fun. Like fun is the only sustainable thing. That's it. it. If you're working with other people. And I think honestly, I think it also is if you're working with yourself. But I yeah. think you have a higher tolerance mm-hmm. to to tolerate longer yeah. periods of fun by yourself than yeah. you have to tolerate as a group no fun because if you're not having fun as a group then you're like I'm just going to go by myself. Yeah. So like f- you have to fun is like essential. It's the only yeah. it's it, no fun is the detriment of like anything that you hope to last for a while. Yeah. That that it's even like by yourself like Sometimes I'm like, dude, what? Am, why am I even doing this? I'm yeah. not even, ha- I'm not enjoying myself. Right. And that's when I start to get depressed because it's mm-hmm. like, dude, well, I'm. There's no point in me doing this. So the the whole purpose of like, for example, with comedy, whole purpose is to have fun, right? right. Like I want to do this as a job, 
because it's fun, not because right. whatever, right? So, and then I f- see myself like maybe like one or two weeks and I'm not even having fun. I'm like, what right. the fuck am I doing, dude? Right. And a lot of times too, fun, people think of it like in a, uh, in a I th- fun can come in a lot of different ways, yeah. in a lot of different ways. Fa- and what's fun for certain people is different than what's fun for other people. Like sometimes yeah. if I'm feeling sad, what I like to have fun is like talk to somebody about their day. And then yeah. it's like you watch their eye, like, dude, a lot of times comedians just are so alone and then yeah. you have a conversation with them and you just see it in their eyes. They're like, oh shit, I get to talk to someone about my day. Yeah. I'm like that's fun for me. Yeah. yeah. But I have friends that are like, you're literally retarded. That's not fun <laughs> at all. But like, I, en- I enjoy that. I enjoy talking yeah. to other people about their day. So yeah. it's like, find what your fun is and know how to pivot into it. If you're finding like a, extended stretch where you're like this is not fun at all then yeah go do go do the fun things you know that's why like this shocks a lot of people i like to like microdose a lot of drugs because Mm -hmm. then i'm like i'm not having fun today like let me just do a little bit of mushrooms and then they're gonna show me the way yeah and then you know you know what's fun is accidentally taking a little too much and (laughs) i I guess tonight we're just holding on for our lives that's fun (laughs) you know so like yeah just figure out how to have fun comedy is just way too hard and lonely to not yeah to not have fun and everything that is bad about everything that you want to avoid is not fun at its core you know it's not fun comparison that's not fun at all you know it's you know it's not fun acting like a specific show where mike is like a make or break thing and you're gonna beat yourself up anything that is bad yeah just ask yourself is it fun and the answer is probably no yeah so like just have fun like it's very it's very simple just have fucking fun and enjoy your friends in the comedy game because They could be gone, and I don't mean that in a depressing way. It's like people They'll get stop. plucked and they're just gone. Like, th- yeah, they may stop, but a lot of times, like they I think, it. yeah, I think a lot of my friends around me are very, very talented. Mm-hmm. And it's like I may just blink and they're just on tour, and yeah. it's like, well, that was that was that was fun while it lasted. Yeah. You know? yeah. So yeah, fun is like the key. It's the most important thing. Yeah, dude. How this is something that I'm very impressed by because it it seems like you don't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'll give you an example. I typically sleep like seven or eight hours, and that's what I need. Right. If I sleep less, I can maybe get by with one or two days. After the third one, I'm done. Right. Right. All on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day it was, I came back from Mike's, and I, it was like maybe twelve or one in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up. I don't wake up with an alarm. Mm-hmm. I ju- my body just wakes up whenever, mm-hmm. right? I woke up at five mm. and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Typically if I do that, if I get like three or four hours of sleep, I don't work out because right. if I work out, I'm like, oh, well then I'll start to get sick or whatever. So I right. don't do it. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to work out. So I went for a run and I'm starting to feel a little shitty. And then I was drained the whole day, but mm. I made sure like I took like some vitamins or something just mm-hmm. to like keep my immune system strong. But I do it. It took me like two days to recover. Right. How right. the fuck do you do that? Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's because the I, there's usually probably one day every two months where I just completely crash. But I don't fight it. I like mm-hmm. kind of feel it coming. And then as I, I, I kind of feel like you know in the next week or two I'm gonna be zapped. Yeah. And then from there I'll just kind of just accept it as it comes. And then sometimes it comes earlier and sometimes it comes later. But I don't really. I feel like I've always been able to like function on like little sleep. Like I probably sleep about four hours a mm-hmm. night, four to five, yeah. maybe. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I uh, I I'm. 
it's reached a point where it's like something that I'm like proud of and like excited by. So yeah. I like to just go when I'm like tired. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like it would be harder if I had like uh, a specific part of my life that I wasn't excited about. Like yeah. if, if I was doing all this for a corporate job, it would be exhausting. Yeah. But I'm doing all this to like hopefully build a life that I'm like pumped about down yeah. the road. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I like functioning off of, li it's not, that didn't really answer your question, but it's like, it's just, I, it's like what I, this is douchey, but it's what I do. No, I like to I, sleep I like four it. to, yeah, four to five hours is good until I hit a wall and then I sleep for the entire day. I'll drop my dog off at my parents' place and I'll just sleep the entire fucking okay. day so I don't have to I don't have to worry about cuz if I if she's around and I'm like trying to crash the entire day it doesn't work. I'm like I no, got to walk or I want to go out, have fun with her, take yeah. her to the park so And like she'll she'll make it a point to wake you up. A thousand percent. Like I'll like I'll like take a nap and then I'll wake up and she's staring at me. She's like, you should be doing something right now. It's not even like she wants me to play with her. She's like, what yeah, are you? What the, what the fuck yeah, is this? Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's three. You should be doing, you're not usually in bed. I'm like, fuck, you're right, dude. I should yeah. be up. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I was, I, uh, I have a friend that I like grab uh, dinner with every month mm -hmm. and he's like, he's like my, uh, another one of my best friends, mm -hmm. but I've met, I've known him since the first year of college. I was like the best man at his wedding and, mm -hmm. You know, he's grabbing dinner with him is like one of the things that I do to like maintain like being a human being outside of comedy. And uh, we're doing our goals mm -hmm. for the next year and I'm writing a bunch of goals. And uh, I almost wrote sleep more. And then I was like, nah, I'm, not gonna, <laughs> I'm not maybe like maybe one day if I have like a family or something like then yeah. I'll, I'll sleep then. But like for now, yeah. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do the whole sleep more thing. You know, I'll yeah. just keep I'll keep working the way I need yeah. to work. Uh, do does your body like feel like it's worn down or no, no you just feel insane? No, I think what it is too is, um, it's, I like to, so when I say I work out, mm -hmm. I do heavy exercise about three days a week, probably Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And then Monday through Thursday, two of those days I'll do like long bits of like cardio, yeah. probably like, you know, I'll run like five miles mm -hmm. early in the morning. But then those other two days, I'll just go on, go on a, like a walk, right? Okay. So like to just kind of keep my brain like working because a okay. lot of times, like I think a bad workout is better than no workout. Yeah. And if you go too hard for a while, then you'll just stop working out for a week. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it's been two weeks. And the next thing you know, your diet slipped and then you're depressed about how you look. Yeah. Or you're like, fuck, dude, I was just good. Like not even like. Yeah. two three weeks ago so i think for me a lot of it is i i play with my effort levels in mm -hmm. different parts of my life yeah to make sure that i'm it's not like completely like zapped out all the time yeah. you know because it, a lot of it, it it's not just doing stuff it's how much effort you put into the stuff that you're doing yeah and it's like yeah i work out i go to work i play with my dog i like to like eat well i like to work on sketch i like to work on comedy the bars if you have a hundred percent to give every day the different levels within that 100% are all over the place. Sometimes yeah. the workout is a 5%. It's just yeah. a walk for 30 minutes yeah. and I'm not even sweaty by the time I get back and I just still hop in the shower, you know, yeah. take care. So it's like a lot of it is just measuring my effort levels because I really like to have like a good amount of effort for the evening. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes I'm just working out in the morning. I'm like, well, today the name of the game at work is act like I'm doing something <laughs> while they just leave me alone, you know? So that's like, and all, all that it's uh, it's also like I do play with like the mm. perception of like work and stuff like yeah. I like to like text or call my boss like Friday 
like Fridays at like seven, like mm-hmm. after work, like seven p.m. So it yeah. looks like I'm always working yeah. Yeah, hard. Can, if you want, I can cut this. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I don't give a shit. He's not gonna. He's not gonna watch this. Uh, but like, that's like if if I have like a question or something, I'll wait till like after work. So in his head, I'm like, oh, Robert's like working. Yeah, he's. he's but really, I I could have asked you this at eight a.m. But I I want you to have this perception that okay. I'm, I'm working. Okay. So yeah, it's really just like. Yeah, just putting different effort levels in mm-hmm. different parts of my life so yeah. I can always keep going and remaining sustainable. I I really only have the same amount of energy every day. I just use it in different areas. Yeah, okay. I see that. Like my my dad, for example, he always takes like a nap in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I always saw that. I'm like, well, he never sleeps well at night. Right. And I think it's because of the nap because he takes like a really nice nap. But then... And like then he he had a problem like well I didn't really sleep that much at night right so I saw that as an issue like oh man it, well I'm not gonna take naps because then that'll just mess my entire sleep schedule off right but in comedy like the whole game is at night so yes. maybe maybe I should take naps and then that way I could yeah <laughs> take I, naps but also don't get it twisted you're around a lot of people that do a shit ton of cocaine and Adderall so <laughs> like that's like that's for me it's like that's the craziest thing is like I'm fairly sober for mm. for comedy like yeah. which is weird cuz I love uppers but I just yeah. had an Adderall problem for a long time and yeah. then I completely quit it right basically right as I was starting comedy mm-hmm. So that w- that was probably the diff- most difficult stretch. But yeah, like don't you know? Don't get a twist. You're around a lot of people that are on performance enhancing drugs. That's okay. why they can go at night. And also, like, have you ever talked to a comedian about how their day was? And you're, they're like, "Yeah, I was busy." And like, "Oh shit, what'd you do?" He's like, "Yeah, I was door dashing from like 11 to 3." I'm like, "I want to fucking punch <laughs> you right now. Like, this is bullshit." <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you're around a lot of people that have energy in the evenings, like for a reason. It's yeah. like they just the rest of their. That's where the comparison comes in, where it's like, yeah. Just be aware of your own limits because yeah. it's it's you're, if you constantly push them before you're ready to kind of slowly mm-hmm. break them down, you're gonna yeah. crash down the road. Yeah, because that that's another thing. Like this, like the last year and a half, I, I've had two jobs, which mm-hmm. is not something I really want to do. But right, it's like before we moved here, my my wife didn't have a job, so we went from a place where we didn't pay rent to a place where we were paying like two grand all at once. This right. like a big jump, right? So I'm like, okay, I'll take this job. And then this is just while my wife gets her job. And then suddenly, oh, I like having extra cash. Oh, what? that's a big problem, right? So now I'm like dealing with like juggling this, but but I want to do comedy. Right. So, yeah, it it took me like a minute to be like, okay, maybe I should. I haven't quit the job, by the way, but maybe I should quit one of those jobs. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a lot of it, too, is like, you know, people have my mom has this saying where it's like. I used to eat with my eyes. So it's like, you know, you go to a buffet and you're like, I want to eat that. But then when it comes to actually eating, it's like you can't eat with your Mm -hmm. eyes. You're going to get full and you're going to throw up. That's how I kind of treat my own life where a lot of times it's like you eat with your eyes. You're like, I want to do this, 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 this. You find out very quickly what you actually want to do because things that you think are cool or fun or like aspirational or like Mm -hmm. whatever, they get in the way of what you actually want to do. And then you sacrifice your effort in that area and what you're most sad about failing. That's your thing. Yeah. The thing that you are like, Oh shit. It's, it's, it's not a big deal that this is falling to the wayside. It's way worse that this is falling to the wayside. You're like, that's my thing. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like friendships too. And this is what I used to be bad about. And one of my goals for 2024 is like, 
I used to treat like everybody the same mm -hmm. in a good way. Yeah. And then what I found was that I was treating the people that I could barely tolerate the exact same yeah. way that I could treat my friends. And then I'm yeah. like, that's yeah. not good. And then you're giving everyone that energy. And in a way, you're treating yourself the worst of all because you yeah. barely have any mental capacity or energy yeah. for yourself. So, like, you know, the the effort and the energy you put towards your, your habits and your, your hobbies need to parallel the way you treat other people because yeah. you want to invest in the people that you care about mm -hmm. and let the people that don't really matter fall to the wayside. And what's yeah. interesting is I, I slowly start to do it, and you get weird reactions from people, mm -hmm. but then you get people that are healthy, like, get it. It's like, yeah, I yeah. just don't know you. Like, yeah. We'll be friends. If you're here in, like, a year, we'll probably end up being friends. Yeah. But, yeah, the energy you put towards things that you care about needs to mirror the energy you put towards people that you care about. Yeah. And because overall, you need to save some for yourself mm -hmm. in both areas. Because if you don't, like you said, if you don't do it for yourself, you're going to crash at some point. And it's. Yeah. What you're doing it for is like pretty much everything. It comes back to like the fun part. Are you doing it to have fun? That's really important. I think Seinfeld said, if you do it for the money, it'll never come. But if you do it for the the process and the art the mm. money will come yeah and that's just how it you yeah. know that's that's i could debate that but he's overall i think he's he's, he's right. the richest one too <laughs> yeah he's that he's the he's the richest one and he kind of got that. i also think you kind of have to be opportunistic with mm. that stuff you can't yeah. just there's nothing admirable about being a starving artist i hate yeah. that shit no, that's, dude. it's bullshit but yeah you have to do it for the art of it and the mm. process of it and not for other people's admiration and claps and chasing other people. Yeah. That's that's the wrong thing. And that's that's also the more sustainable part of it. Like yeah, if you're chasing someone and you don't really know them or you really you don't really know what they're capable of, you don't know what their motivations are. Like that's what I like. I, I think I'm lucky to have like because I've failed in so much before comedy, mm -hmm. and I feel like in a way it worked out where I got to apply all my lessons and myself the best version of myself towards yeah. something that is totally me is like. When I first started doing comedy, or excuse me, when I first started doing music shit, I tried to do two record labels. The first one I did for a year, mm -hmm. and I ended up, basically the guy that was my business partner, I didn't know very well, mm -hmm. so I did no contracts. It was oh, all, all over handshakes. the table, handshakes, oh. blah, blah, investing. And he basically ended up stealing about 15 grand from me Ooh. when I was like 23. Yeah, and so that was a lesson where I'm like, oh, like I could have just been investing in either my buddy or myself. Yeah. But instead I was chasing this guy because he was connected to a music production yeah. label that at the time was pretty big. Well, funny story. A year after I left, they just burned to the ground. Okay. So in my head, I'm like, oh, I was chasing a guy who's chasing another person. I didn't know that guy. And the thing he was chasing failed. Yeah. So I'm like, OK, just don't chase. Yeah. Like there's. Whatever you're chasing, you can also build. Mm -hmm. You just have to start. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to start building their own thing. A lot of yeah. people want to jump on someone else's thing. And that's something that I realize and I take to heart when I'm doing something. It's like, um, I think almost everybody genuinely believes they can be a very good number two. Yeah. Almost no one's going to just be the number one. Yeah. Like everyone, when they hear you're doing, every time I hear, I mention I do sketches, which I don't even mention to anymore. Mm -hmm. A, I haven't dropped any yet. B, I just work a lot on them to stack them up. Yeah. When I mention I do sketches, the number one reason why I don't bring it up anymore, everyone goes, dude, I yep. got some sketch ideas. Put I'm like, you probably or... don't. Yeah. Like, cause the, it's, it, people don't realize that I have sketch ideas is almost identical to when you tell someone you do comedy, they go, I got a joke yeah. for you. And you're like, fuck, you don't, dude. Like, <laughs> you have to learn how to think about this shit and write it. So a lot yeah. of, 
everybody thinks genuinely it's not a manipulative thing they're mm-hmm. not trying to take advantage of yeah. me they just genuinely think they can contribute mm-hmm. and they can't so like yeah. everybody wants to be number two very few people will just start doing being the number one yeah and it's way more beneficial to start being the number one at ground zero yeah than to just try to latch on to someone who's like years ahead yeah. and try to just ride their wave because you have no idea what their aspirations of. You have no idea what they're actually capable of. You also have no idea what their reputation is. Yeah. You try to ride their wave and then you're going to end up in a weird spot with people who don't like them or they have a weird situation with a certain venue or something. And suddenly you've just yeah, that's, adopted that's that. That's yours now. Yeah. So. And you didn't do anything to fucking deserve that. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's w- yeah. The chasing is a weird thing. Yeah. And it's it's funny that you learn that with something completely different, yes. and then now you're like, oh, I can apply this to this now. Yes, I've learned so much shit in, in my because I've always just tried really hard. That's like the only consistent part of my life in every mm-hmm. aspect, relationships, business. War. I've always just tried really, really hard, and I don't care if it fails yeah. because I'm like, oh, well, that was just a thing that I learned, and then you apply it. It's like it's very much like a stock graph where you like you go yeah. up and then you fail and then you go up a little higher. It's yeah. all about higher lows and higher highs where mm. it's like you're going to dip back down. And it's like, yeah, I've learned a shit ton of shit from everything that I've done before comedy started. Yeah. So it's like I used to be insecure about my age when it came to mm-hmm. comedy. And now it's like, man, I really just progressed on a lot of areas that people never really did yeah and so it's not a big deal because like you know people may be ahead but it's all about the foundation that you're mm. setting yeah for the future comedian that you're gonna hope to be yeah you know and it's not not all of it is on stage and you're you're still very how old are you i'm 29 so you're still young yeah we'll see uh yeah, I like to tell myself that, but a lot of times you, Austin has so many good young comedians. Like, yeah. oh fuck, yeah. dude, uh, you're 24 and you're a killer. God damn it! <laughs> like I'm saying, you're saying don't compare yourself. Yeah. And I'm I'm never really jealous. I admire a lot of these yeah. young guys. You know, it's cool. But then it's like, dude, you're fucking awesome. This is gonna yeah. be. Yeah, I am grateful for the young people in the scene yeah. though, because they like they're they're hopefully gonna be here for a while. So they're turning people's tastes and like attention to comedy mm-hmm. in a very good way. But yeah, there's some young killers in the scene where it, it's like holy shit. I think what's most admirable to me at least is that the fact that they, they figured out, Oh, this is what I wanna do and I'm gonna go all in Dude. <laughs> figuring out if you figure out your thing early, that's like um, I think that's like luck because yeah. it's like I think a lot of time figuring out who you are is just a cycle of figuring out who you're not and yeah. figuring out what you want to be is a cycle of figuring out what you can't be. Uh, and then eventually you're like, oh, this is my thing. But like you're just going to be banging your head against a wall for a while until you yeah. burst through. And then you're like, oh, that's what it was the whole time. Yeah. You just have to try. That's the only thing that you can do. It's life is trial and error. And at least it took me a long time to figure that out. Right. And. By the time I'm like, oh, this is what life is. Oh, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. No one. And no one. That's how you learn to forgive your parents. It's how you learn to forgive the people in your past. It's like, you know, a lo- you're just trying. You're, you're a lot, you know, unless you believe the people in your past that you really don't like were like malicious or evil, evil people. Yeah. Most people are just dumb. Yeah. They just don't know what they're doing and they're trying their best. And then eventually you're like, oh, that was just someone that was dumb and not knowing what they're doing. And we're those people all the time. So it's yeah. like. It's just a cycle. Yeah. What uh, did someone teach you all this stuff or or like being like, uh, for example, like 
putting the different uh, pieces of something else into into this thing, or or was that something you just learned on your I own? I just learned. I've always been like very very independent. Um, in fact, a lot of it I hid from people because I think as soon as you start talking about what you're doing, people have expectations. Yeah, and that's very toxic because then I don't want to disappoint people. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I've always just kind of, I've just spent a lot of my life trying and thinking that's about it. And then you just kind of, you're like, oh yeah, that's a thing that can be here too. Yeah. Like it's, it's the same, like you see parallels in everything, like comedy, yeah. art, jokes, uh, accomplishments. Mm. It's all about seeing how you can apply what you already have. Yeah. You need to figure out what you already have yeah. and you put that to work. Like that's yeah. what it is. Like a lot, you know, there's that saying when it comes to like parenting where mm. it's like you, you try so hard to give your kids what they didn't have that you forget to give them what What they they did have what you did have you know like because a lot of things you know having immigrant parents it's obvious that they spent a lot of their life trying to give me what they didn't have yeah when in reality some of the most valuable shit that they gave me is shit that they did have yeah that's how it is in your life you spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time trying to figure out how you can cover up your deficiencies yeah in reality you should apply what you already have and what you've learned and so that's just something that it's just I don't know, it's made sense where I'm like, oh, yeah. that's just something that was a thing before, and it can also be a thing here, and I might as well because it hurt to learn this lesson, mm-hmm. and it hurt to get this skill, yeah. so I'm going to put it to good use. Yeah. Yeah. Because the stuff that I've learned, it's either from, like, obviously, it's, t- like, trial and error, but a lot of it, like, I, I'm big into self-development stuff. For sure. And You can't say that, by the way, because people will put a fucking label <laughs> on you. They'll think you're fucking David Goggins and shit. Even though I, I fuck with him, but you know what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, no, I get you. But it's good, yeah. So, and, like, learning from other people's stuff, it's like, oh, okay, I, I can put that in there. And then that's how I started to, to like, put my stuff. Like, ha- that's how I learned to do trial and error. But right. before, I, I was afraid to try. Like up until I was like maybe 18, I didn't like, I, dude, I was afraid of a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't try anything because I was afraid of what people would think of me and things like that. So up until like, especially like I sucked, dude, I was horrible with women like mm-hmm. back in the, I was so bad. Mm-hmm. And um, the first thing that I tried was like, oh, maybe I should learn how there's got to be someone's written a book about this. Right. And then that's like how that spiraled into like me getting into comedy and stuff right. like that yes so a lot of it too was like i was it was weird like it, oddly enough like drugs have played a big role yeah because it was like i was like i had a lot of pressure as a young kid to be something big because i was yeah. the first born mm-hmm. in a family of immigrants yeah and that's like the most pressure right because yeah. it's like your first generation in the yeah. country and you're like oh fuck dude god damn it and so i felt burnt out mm-hmm. And then I started doing drugs and I'm like, oh, I can be my own person. Yeah. But then it's like, but I'm not going to be productive. And then college started and I learned that I could be a productive drug addict. <laughs> and then after college ended, I learned that I could just be productive. So it's like it's been like a wave of like learning what I can or can't do. But yeah, like also, you know, like leadership roles in college. That was a big one because I used yeah. to be in a fraternity. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I'll be vice president. And then yeah. I just did it. And I was like, oh, shit, I could do that to women. That was a big thing. I really struggled with women till probably uh, midway through college because mm-hmm. I kept like once you join a fraternity, the women are there. Yeah. And then you like you hook up with them, but they don't stick. And then yeah. you're like, well, that's not, you know, I kind of yeah. want to. So then you start learning about that and you're like, oh, I just got to fix myself. There's mm-hmm. like no games to it. And then so yeah. you like fix yourself there and you start getting in shape. You start thinking clearly. You start, you know, having accomplishments. So 
yeah, it's all just a wave of like figuring out what you have to offer and figuring out what parts of yourself have to die. That's another, that's a very sad reality (laughs) that, I mean, it's necessary though, but yeah, figuring out what parts of yourself should die are like really pretty important too. Yeah. I I think that's like you, you mentioned this earlier, like a lot of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Exactly. If if you don't do that, then you're just going to be dragging those pieces along and they're not serving you. Right. And a lot of things, another like, hard lesson that I had to learn. And this is, I mean, people will debate me on this. I really think you can't like help people. Mm-hmm. I think you really like, because a lot of my life I spent like trying to invest in porn yeah. to other people and being like, you should do this. You should do that. A, I was doing that because I was afraid to apply it towards myself mm-hmm. and B, all those situations ended up being disappointing. Yeah. So like figuring out who you are and, and focusing on yourself, I think is way better than the whole chasing because a a lot of times you'll just be giving people advice and effort and you have, they're just not going to change who they are is who they are. And it's not going to, it's not going to ever change. It's that saying you can't lead. Well, you can lead a horse to water, but the horse needs to drink the water. Exactly. And a lot of times you really shouldn't even be leading the horse to begin. Why do you have a horse? Just fucking go, (laughs) you go find the water and drink from it and then move on, leave the horse. You know, like I don't, yeah, I don't think, I think it's really, really hard to change people and i think it's something i had to learn my myself from a young age and once you learn once you 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 see that in other people you apply it to yourself in a way where it's like oh i have to learn what i am because that when you try to change other people you're just learning who they are and that they're not going to change so you have to learn that part about yourself so you can double down on that shit yeah yeah so when uh when you uh you you said you grew up in Vermont. Mm-hmm. Up up until how old were you? Uh, like twelve. Twelve. Yes. Okay. How do you rem- do? You have like good memories from Vermont. Kind of. I remember when my dad told us we we're gonna move to Austin. I told him you're ruining my life, <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny because Vermont sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I I don't know. It was uh. I think Vermont is the root of why I'm like such an introvert at heart mm-hmm. and like I don't mind being alone for long periods of time because yeah. Vermont is like very alone for like long periods of time. It's like it's a very, you know, isolated place. Um you you learn how to have fun just in your own little world. Uh yeah, I think my creativity was developed in Vermont. Vermont has basements. A lot of houses have yeah. basements, so you go downstairs and then for about four hours, you just invent shit yeah. in your head. And it's a very creative time. And my parents also were very strict about me not playing video games. Yeah. Uh, so I would just be going downstairs. I would make be making up games. Mm. Uh, and so Vermont, I'm grateful for it. I don't know if I loved it, but yeah. I know it's an integral part of, like, who I was and, yeah. like, why i'm like creative and like fine with like being alone is because it's that's what vermont was it's like it's cold it's basements it's being alone and you know it's uh it was cool i saw you know i still have some friends in vermont and i still have fond memories my dad we still have our house in vermont so i i Mm. go i go take retreats every two to three years Mm. where i'm just by myself and last time i went i wrote like a lot of different sketches that i've shot now but like i you know i've wanted to go back to Vermont and just kind of, you know, just be in the house for like a few days and just like really like isolate myself. But it's, um, 
Vermont is something I'm grateful for, and I'll probably like it more when I'm old. It's yeah. an old person. Yeah. Like Austin is a young person place. Mm-hmm. Vermont is an old person place. It's yeah. very quiet and slow. There's really no aspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, and the sad part about Vermont is it's uh, all my friends pretty much now work at like a food shelter or like yeah. a, a grocery store or they've killed themselves. Oh, that's shit. the yeah, that's the uh, that's just the reality of, of what it is. And honestly, this is not even a joke. This is uh, I sent like a like a, 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 sc- a screenshot to my buddy that lives in, in Austin, mm-hmm. the, a guy that I used to be friends with. He posts like super depressing statuses mm-hmm. all the time. And I screenshot him because I'm a piece of shit. But um, <laughs> his most recent one, he was like, yeah, if things don't get better, I don't know how much longer I'll be around. I'm like, great. That will be like the eighth person I've known in Vermont that kills himself. Damn. So, yeah, Vermont, it's just slow, man. It's very it's a slow, so place with no there's no drive. I could have mm-hmm. never like my dad moving us to Austin was like the jackpot. Yeah. Uh, even though I told him I was, he <laughs> my life. but that was I was just a more I was ten yeah. years old and when just passionate. Kid, you know, yeah, I thought it was cool that I was the cool kid in Vermont. Uh, even though honestly I really wasn't at all either. I wasn't even like popular. I don't even know what I was, what I thought I was losing. <laughs> I I played clarinet in a band. That was about it. And then I moved to Lake Travis, which that was a big culture shock too, because yeah. I went from Vermont, where it's like you know we were doing all right. Interestingly enough about Vermont, I got to like see the rise in social classes mm-hmm. because we moved from like a decent house to like a nice house. Yeah. And then we moved to like the nicest place in all, like maybe the mo- the wealthiest z- area code mm-hmm. er, or excuse me, zip code in, in Texas, yeah. if not one of the. So it was like the first 15 years of my life were like a big, just rapid culture shocks because mm-hmm. I'd go to my grandparents place growing up and. My grandma lived in a very tiny apartment, very, very tiny. Both of them did, but mm-hmm. I'd spend time there. And then I, I moved to, like, a nice house for Vermont, which is, like, you know, uh, less than $200,000, but it's, yeah. like, it's a nice house. And then you move to, like, Travis, and it's, like, it's mansions. Yeah. And there's, like, a statistic in America where most people don't – you you will die in the same social class that you were born in, mm-hmm. like uh, – it's particularly bad in America. Like whatever income class you're born in, mm-hmm. you're going to die in that. Class. Like 80% of people or something. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I got to like see all of them. I like rose through them. So that was like a very unique thing where I was like, oh, yeah. you know, that's just, you know, that's, it's weird. People are like all the same, but they're like kind of different too. So mm-hmm. like I got to see like the rise and stuff. But yeah, Vermont is, uh, I would say something that I'll, I'll, I'll like, maybe I'll retire there one day or something, but okay. I don't, but that's me and Hunter bonded cause he's from Vermont. Yeah. So that's like, I've kind of found good friends in Vermont. But you guys didn't know each other before. Here. No, randomly he was talking about Vermont and so was like, are you from Vermont? He's like, yeah. And then we just like became friends. Okay. <laughs> it's very, it was a very elementary way to become friends. Yeah, it was like, yeah. you're from here? Yeah. Okay, cool. And yeah. It's like, it's back to like our, like roots of like just being kids and be like you're you like this like yeah okay we'll be <laughs> friends and then like that was it yeah. but yeah did did you still when you moved to austin did you still pl- were you still in the band no so i tried out and they're like you're not very good and i was like oh <laughs> shit so i just stopped <laughs> i stopped i stopped doing band stuff and i started doing drugs honestly like i uh i would um so that period of my life when we moved to austin my mom was very attached to her family that was in Montreal, which was about a year, uh, an hour and a half from my house in Vermont. So what we mm-hmm. do is during the summers, she'd bring us back up north. 
So I started basically, it was very hard for me to make friends because I'd make friends in during the school year and then during summer when you're hanging out with your friends, I'd yeah. leave. So I started hanging out with my cousin mm-hmm. who's like, uh, he was here recently actually. He was, when I was 12, he was 18. And that's like the perfect level of like well i guess i'll just start doing drugs with this guy now yeah. so like i yeah i didn't i didn't do band i i they were like you're not good and i was like fuck so what i started doing is i started doing drugs and getting fucked up at a young age and and, and learning how to, how to do that shit and uh i started doing baseball okay. which was i was the manager that was high as fuck just hanging out with my friends who were actually good at sports <laughs> and uh i the the I quit baseball for the opposite reason that everyone else quit baseball. You know, like I think everybody at a certain point reaches a point where they're not getting the play time that they want. So mm-hmm. they just quit or they don't get to be on the team that they want. So they just yeah. quit. I wanted to be the varsity manager so I could get high and fucked up with my friends who are on varsity. And my coach wanted me to play as like a team captain on JV. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 you don't get it. No, no, no. This should be easy. I don't want to play. Just let me be the manager. And he's like, no, you're going to be like a leader. And I'm like, I'm done with this shit. So, <laughs> yeah, I did I did baseball for about three, four years. And then my coach wouldn't let me just be high in the dugout. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm done with this you now. You could have been guess. the next Ken Griffey. You're like, fuck this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, you can be a leader on JV. I'm like, why? I just, uh, like, I, I still look back. I'm like, what could he possibly have seen in me? <laughs> I didn't do anything. I was just a prankster and an asshole, and I would talk shit. And I would just be like goofy and like funny. Like that's what was my thing. I was the high guy in baseball. And he was like, no, this guy's going to be your starting shortstop. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that at all. So yeah, that's, I didn't do band. I did baseball and drugs. That's what I would do. And do you think that led you to get into a fraternity or like what, what, what brought you to a fraternity? Yeah. So what led me to a fraternity? So it's interesting. Texas tech. A lot of people don't know this, like about Texas tech. In my opinion, if you're a dude and you want to have a social life with socially competent people, you have to be in a fraternity mm-hmm. with the women. It's different. Like, cause guys don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, so to put it into perspective, I think there's like nine sororities and like 27 fraternities. Oh wow. Okay. So if you're not in a, if you're not in a fraternity and you're not an athlete, you're like an engineer that plays like humans versus zombies. Yeah. And so for me, I remember looking around being like, okay, I spent eighth grade through high school not really having a social life, mm-hmm. really just being the high introvert and like kind of hanging out with my friends yeah. in like their houses, but never learning how to be like socially competent. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I would go to house parties and stuff from time to time. I was like, I need to be in a fraternity. And I remember I went, that was the first thing that I like really battled my parents on. And from their perspective, I understood why they didn't want me to be. Yeah. In a fraternity, but then it just reached a point where I was like, I'm just going to do it anyway. So I, I joined and uh, it was cool. I don't regret it at all. I think it was awesome. I think fraternities teach you a lot. I think the stereotypes about why people don't like fraternities is very accurate, mm-hmm. except for the gay shit. Like we never did gay shit and we yeah. didn't really beat the shit. Like the hazing and the gay shit is like kind of from like movies. Yeah. Like that's like it's not the same. And, but also people like fraternities teach you a lot. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, you're going to have to pay for your friends in some capacity. Or you're going to be alone. You're just going to yeah. you end up hanging out with your people that are either from work or like your same neighborhood. That's yeah. you paying for your friends, you know, yeah. and also like 
it's really important to learn how to be socially fucked up. Like learning how to drink socially is mm-hmm. a very important skill. Yeah. You're not going to be sober your whole life and you don't want to learn in your mid twenties to late twenties yeah. that you're the shit show at office parties. You don't want to learn that. So that was being in a fraternity. I love, I love being in a fraternity. I think it's ironic that a lot of comedians shit on being in a fraternity because it's like really, you're afraid of like being humiliated in front of your peers. Like that's what you're like <laughs> shitting on fraternity guys for. It's like, at least we get to pledge after three months. Yeah. Some people never get to pledge for like 10 years in a comedian, like in yeah. comedy and like, you're never yeah. going to be accepted, you know? So yeah. it's like, it's being, being in a fraternity is it's fine. It's cool. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like in the future. And if mm-hmm. I have a son and he wants to be in one, I'll be like, yeah, let's talk about it. But yeah, yeah, that was cool. Being yeah, I, I joined a fraternity when I got to college because that it was just that college. It's not. I don't know if it's the same for other places, but like in Lubbock and especially in tech, if you want to be anything, you should mm-hmm. be in a. That's as a guy. Yeah, dude. Anytime I saw a fraternity in a movie, it just seemed like so cool. Yeah, it's so fun. I'm like, oh, why wouldn't you want to do that? Yes, you know? and and guys can bitch about all they want. Girls really like it, and it's like, yes, okay, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of fraternity guys that yeah. like roofy girls, yeah. but guess what? When they find one that doesn't, which ours never did, and yeah. I know that because I was on the exec board for multiple years. Yeah, they have a fun time, dude. They yeah. don't want to go to your fucking dorm. They don't want to yeah. go to like having a fraternity house or like a house party that's like bigger than the mm-hmm. normal house party. Yeah. yeah, and you also like learn to like hold your own and like be like cool and like have yeah. So, yeah you learn a lot in fraternities and again i get why people shit on them but yeah. it's like the the pros are and cons are like pretty equal man yeah you know yeah. so i i liked it i think being a fraternity is pretty cool but i, I understand there being in a fraternity cool frat dudes s- s- can be very douchey oh yeah. fucking <laughs> that for sure there's no argument there i think but i think there's just douchey people in general. Yes. So it, it, it's just, oh, well, yeah, if you focus on the fraternity, yeah, there's going to be douches there. Or you focus on uh, comedy, there's going to be douches. Yes. You go to high school, there's douches there. Yes. Wherever you're going to go, there's always going to be a douche if you look. Yes. Up. Like, w- we would, yeah, we would go out all the time with different fraternities. And uh, a lot of times the biggest douchebags were the bartenders. Like, that's mm. just... A lot of the biggest douchebags are the bouncers. Like, it's just like there's douchebags fucking everywhere in those environments. Yeah. It's just do, I, I think douchiness is like the prerequisite to like the corporate like boss like fucking energy. Because once you get in the corporate world or just any sort of job, you're going to meet yeah. like those fake alphas that like think they run the fucking office. So yeah. it's like you're just learning how to digest that shit because you're not going to go anywhere where that's not a thing. Yeah. They're going to be everywhere and you just have to learn yeah. how to handle it. Yeah. That's interesting. My, yeah. my, I didn't, I didn't go to a fraternity or anything like that, but like in high school, I got along with most of the people in my class. It was mm-hmm. a small class. It was like 60 people. Right. But, but everything, I grew up in Costa Rica, so everything was like sheltered. Right. Right. And, so the first experience I had of just being like alone and like meeting new people, I guess college a little bit, but when I moved to America and so I, I'm like, I went to like acting class. Right. And dude, I, I knew nobody. Right. I had nothing. And so like you starting to make friends and you don't even know where you, f- that was kind of my fraternity. I'm like, Oh, I got to learn how to be a person again. Right. So that was really cool for me. I didn't take advantage of it. This, the way I should have. Right. But, and I, I could see how 
like in, in your experience with the fraternity that was kind of like my version air quotes right like. and the fraternity also just taught me to like not be so like learning how to be selfless for the sake of a whole is like a very important thing because yeah. like a lot of times when you go out you have to realize that you're kind of representing your fraternity and like if you're going to be a shit show mm -hmm. those girls aren't just going to go like fuck that dude they're going to yeah. go fuck his fraternity right yeah and it's cool too because a lot of times what you what you learn is that like your actions at the smallest level really do have like a repercussion on the whole on like a big mm. big level. Yeah. And a lot of people don't learn that until it's too late. Like I know being a comedian is like a different thing, but most people end up getting a job. Yeah. And like and some sort of job environment, and it's like they learn way too late. Like wow, just because I sent this one email or just because I talked to this person while wearing my polo in mm -hmm. public, and yes, dude, they are, you are that thing. You, like yeah. to, to people's perception, you are who you work for. You are who you represent yeah. on your chest. So like, have that in your head when you're interacting with people. You know, mm -hmm. that's something that like I had to learn like very quickly. And again, a big part of it too was learning how to be fucked up socially. Yeah, like being drunk but still having to like hold a conversation, not be a shit show, not fucking throw up everywhere, not get carried out of the bar, don't start fights with people. Learn how to just handle yourself if the fight like breaks out. Like, yeah, that's something that like. I think people are a little bit surprised about because I still have that thing inside of me where mm -hmm. if like someone's going to start a fight, I'm not going to like back. Like there was this Mike this past Thursday at tiniest bar. There yeah. was this guy was like chirping and like trying to like start shit with people on stage. Oh, the, the guy with the Dallas. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I stood up. I was like, what do you want? And then immediately he's like, I want to sign up. I'm like, then go fucking sign up. <laughs> but it's like that energy, you like find it within yourself when you have to be like handled like in those situations. A lot of times, if you're not in those situations by a certain age, you're going to shrink in yeah. the public. And that's like, I don't know. I don't think that's a good you want to have a backbone. You want to learn to like hold yeah. your own. Like my last my third year in my fraternity, I was sergeant at arms. And that's a, a, a role on the exec board. Mm -hmm. First, I was vice president. That was Sergeant Arms. And Sergeant Arms is you have to, like, make sure. This was, like, before Uber. Like, you have to make sure people have a DD. You have to make sure the fucked up people are all right. You have to make sure if fights happen, you're, like, breaking it up. Dude, I used to, at my size, I would deal with giant dudes on cocaine. And it's, like, you just learn, like, the situation isn't yeah. really what it is. You just have to fucking handle it. Like, yeah. talk with your chest and, yeah. like, fucking calm people down but like that's a very valuable situation i would have never i would have never learned how to handle people on cocaine if yeah. i wasn't like in a fraternity that sounds like a weird thing yeah but like with comedy now there's like no heckler that i'm like what do you what do you do what do you yeah. want to do dude like yeah. you're and like learning how to diffuse energy it's a very valuable mm -hmm. thing not being scared of people even if they're six yeah. foot five on cocaine yeah like that's a that's a fun thing learning how to just like kind of get out of a fight that's a valuable thing like but those are all things that you you should want to like test it out in college because mm -hmm. in high school that's weird you're still a kid yeah. after college that's like a little too late you don't want to be in your mid to late 20s being like oh this is what a fight feels like yeah college it's like you're sort of becoming an adult you're sort of learning how to handle fucked up people and just understanding that outside of like the rare like oh this guy's a psycho and he's really trying to hurt people mm -hmm. You can kind of handle that situation yeah. where it's like, okay, let's just relax. Let's diffuse. What do you want? Like, let's talk, you know? So that, yeah, there's a lot of valuable shit you learn from being in a, in a fraternity, but most people just kind of go off the movies. Which, by the way, that is, 
that sounds like so responsible, which is like the complete opposite of what people think of fraternity. Right, is. right. And don't get me wrong. Th that might have just been my approach to mm -hmm. the fraternity, too, because I always took it like also don't get me wrong. I I mean, this is incriminating at some point. But I don't give a shit. I was I was dealing <laughs> mushrooms yeah. in call. I was dealing drugs like in call a lot. Me and my buddy were like, uh, you know, we we're like the, the Xanax plug for mm -hmm. all of Lubbock at a certain point, yeah. like pushing way too much money, like buying shit off the deep net. I remember we were doing math one time, like recently. I was like, how much Bitcoin do you think you had slash we went through? Yeah. And in modern day valuations, it was about eight million dollars oh of Bitcoin. But at the time, yeah. 2011, 2012, we're yeah. on the you know, we're on the Silk Road, like buying yeah. drugs. Like I don't want to make it seem like I was just the fraternity was like a learning. But we were getting <laughs> completely <laughs> obliterated all the fucking time. Yeah. Like I had to learn to I started going to the gym in college because I was so fat and such a fucking out of my mind i'm mm -hmm. like i have to start going to the gym like i never i didn't do the gym in like high school or like middle school or anything like that that was in college so yeah like i got fucked up i was a fucking mess a lot of times but you do learn that responsible thing and you do learn the, how to like balance all of it like how to graduate while constantly getting fucked up while constantly also having financial responsibilities that's another thing you have to pay yeah. dues you have to you know there's a party coming up it's going to cost this much to get in like also like because I was on the exec board, you learn how to kind of like not only manage people, but also how to budget for a party, how to brand it, how to talk to people about it. You know, so it's like it's the whole fucking nine yards, everything from selling tens of thousands of dollars of Xanax, like every fucking fraternity down to learn how to fucking budget. You know, that's the, the yeah, I think fraternities are cool. That I think sounds awesome, yeah, man. It's, <laughs> it, I, th I probably did a better job of like selling people on it than it is because there's probably <laughs> some people that had horrible experiences in fraternities. Yeah. I get it. Also in sororities too. Like it's like, I get it. People are mean, people are judgmental and it's yeah. hard, but I had a great time. I, I, I enjoyed it. I think that's just like a people experience too. Like yeah. the, you'll get, you'll get, like uh the bad experience and then you'll get the positive and most people will take away what they kind of lean towards if you're a positive person you'll take the positive experience yes if you're a negative person you'll take the negative experience and that's yes. what you take away and also as someone that's in the corporate world dude the i just get along way better with the people that used to be in a fraternity mm -hmm. and then like they kind of settle down like there are a couple people in my office now that i can tell we're never in fraternities they're fucking weird they were just <laughs> they're like they they were they're like very like insecure and introverted, but now they have a good position. Yeah. So they kind of don't know how to like handle themselves. Yeah. And they don't know how to like, they're the example of like, Oh, you never learn how to get fucked up in public. Like we go to like a steakhouse. They're having like one too many margaritas. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, God damn it. This guy's slurring his words in public. And now the whole company looks bad with this vendor that we're bringing in. And it's like all the lessons come to fruition. So like, yeah, I get along really well that with people that used to be in fraternities in the office. Mm. Um, and I think that's just from, like, learning how to, like, handle yourself in college in different yeah. environments. There's also probably some sort of, like... Uh, kind of like some badge of honor but like internally I, like, I don't know if I, if this makes sense but like uh you kind of like know by just like ha dealing with the person that there there's something some bond in there right right yes and it's like it's it's yes it's being a fr in a fraternity is a, an accomplishment so you kind of just hold on to that and it's like something worth like holding on to and like being proud of like it's like uh you know, like, I know the idea is, like, these are my fraternity brothers. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of weird to, like, think about. But I, yeah. I, I carry that same energy now in comedy. Like, my friends aren't, like, 
in comedy it's easy to have friends like everybody is like friends but there's that next level like Mm -hmm. people that i'm like protective about and that i'm gonna like build with yeah and it's something that we're like earning ourselves Mm -hmm. down the road like that's an energy i like tap into from my fraternity days where i'm like no these are like these are the boys like they're like my brothers but yeah that's comes from being in a fraternity where like i had to earn getting in here like i you know, when I interview for a job and I get a job, it feels the same where like I have to earn to get in here, you yeah. know, and it's like I'm going to protect it. It's just yeah, what you don't it is. just get that. No, you don't just get it. You have to be someone that's worthy of like getting in. And I'll never forget, like whenever you're like rushing and you have to like rush different fraternities and then they have to call you and be like, yeah, dude, you're not going to get a bid. You know, you like you, you remember that and you're like, ah, I need to be better. You know, like, even though it's like, it's like a superficial measurement, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, I like, will like remember that from time to time. Like, oh yeah, I wasn't good enough to like be in that. Like I'll show them, you know, like just being like a little bit like just extra motivated to be better than who they thought you were at the time, you know? There's also something fun about that. Oh, it's so fun. Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm not motivated by proving people mm-hmm. wrong, but I do enjoy the idea that down the road they will be proven wrong. Yeah. You know, like that's hilarious. Yeah, like, you're proving yourself right, and at right. the same time you're doing that as well. Yeah, like I'm not doing something just to prove someone wrong, but like, oh, that's hilarious that you're going to have to like eat it down the road. Like yeah. that's just sorry you know that's life you get to make yeah. a bet on certain people you get to believe in certain people you get to not believe in certain people we all get it down the road eventually we're all going to be dealing with someone that we look back and like oh i like kind of knew that guy and he, now he's like this person that's crazy like it just happens to everyone yeah but i think it is cool to be able to look back and be like oh, i'm gonna prove them wrong when when you started doing music were you in the fraternity yes so it was uh that was like probably the origin of me doing a million things at once where i was in the fraternity, mm-hmm. on the exec board, getting ready to go to law school, going to class, and then also staying up to like two in the morning to work on music. Okay. And in my head, what I wanted to be is I wanted to go to law school to be an entertainment l- lawyer, like uh, like an age, like kind of just like representing like musicians, mm-hmm. and like almost like an agent, but. What I learned was that that is a category of law called international intellectual property law, yeah. IP law, and for some reason engineers are heavily valued in that because mm-hmm. IP is like a lot of like tech shit. Yeah. Um. And so I remember once I got out of school and then I took a year off and I studied for the LSAT while working at a law firm. What I basically learned was that I just like taking the LSAT because I'm really good at it. Yeah. And also, I'm probably not going to get to do the law that I want to do. And I don't like working in the law firm. And I just like being adjacent to art. Okay. So, yeah, I was doing music while being in school, while doing trying to be a a lawyer. And then that's just another example of like, oh, that's not what I want to be. That's not what I am at Mm. all. So that was a good that was a good learning lesson, but also like uh, a fun little it was fun. That was the f- that was like a fun failure because I got to do the LSA. I got to study for that while working for a law firm while like building a yeah uh, a record label because yeah. what that was the first foray into like okay let me just try to build something on my own and it like failed but it was fun even though I lost a lot of money yeah but but you, like yeah it sucks that you lost the money and especially like at that age fifteen grand is a lot of money yeah right? yeah, yeah. I th- it was t- it was like it was it was weird though, but it was because like here here's here's what I've learned is like when I lost that money and also like 
when the pandemic was first starting, I, mm-hmm. I got really into flipping sports cards. Yeah. And I did extremely well with like okay. to a point where like it like bumped me up a tax bracket. Okay. I did like very well. I remember when I had cashed out all of that, like basically finished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a number in my bank account that I didn't imagine I'd ever have at that age. Yeah. My emotions then and my emotions when I lost 15 grand were yeah. almost the same. And I yeah. actually felt better when I lost the money because I was like, well, at least I'm like pushing towards yeah. something like flipping sports cards was just a thing I was doing purely for money. Yeah. And it felt very empty. And I was yeah. like, I need to get back to doing like what I really like yeah. enjoy doing, you know, so I've made a lot of money. I've lost a lot of money and the money means nothing. The money yeah. is like it's just a side part of like knowing what you want to do and what it feels like to not be doing what you want to do and even like even if it failed air quotes like you learned so much oh yeah and there's so many lessons that like this is where it's like i kind of starting to keep to myself but there's a lot of times where i hear people working on something trying to build something i'm like it's not gonna work (laughs) i'm like you're just gonna fucking fit and it's not and it has nothing to do with who they are yeah it has to do with what they're doing what they're doing and how they're perceiving human beings to mm. be like that's a lot of what you have to learn is the true nature of human beings and what yeah. gets them to gravitate towards a certain thing what gets them to stick around how to create momentum it's like you're not that's not gonna work you're yeah. not and a lot of it too, too also with like the joke writing it's like you're not getting how people like perceive you you're not understanding people yeah but you'll figure it out you know like yeah. just you you almost you you really need to figure it out yourself because if someone had told me the lessons, I wouldn't have felt it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's the difference between telling someone that the stovetop is hot and you just touch it and you're like, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. You will never touch the stovetop if you touch it when it was hot. You might touch it when someone tells you it's hot. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, well, what does that mean? And then yeah. you touch it and you're like, I'm never touching that again. You know? Yeah. When what was sketch the thing that brought you to, to like, did it drive you into stand up or or? Did you always have like a feeling? Uh, I've always been here like the I've always been funny. Like I've always been the like in my house in in college was people coming over getting high and I'd Mm -hmm. just be crushing on the couch. That's how it always was. But uh, sketching. So when I would go up to visit my cousin during Mm -hmm. those summers when I was in Texas, we would be doing short films. Yeah. So it was always a constant like. Like it's always been a cycle where you kind of find yourself back to like where you were like years ago. Mm-hmm. So sketches were the first thing when I was doing the record label. I was like, I want something a little bit more for I'm, I like this art. I like that I'm doing art. Mm-hmm. I want to do something for myself a little bit more. And I graduate. I, I, uh, I gravitated towards sketches yeah. because I'm like, I remember doing short film. And then when when the. Uh, when I was like, I kind of want to do stand up. It, it was, it was like one of those things where it's like it always been on my mind. Yeah. And then I was like, maybe I should do, maybe I should do stand up because I was enjoying writing sketches. Yeah. And I was like, let me just try stand. Yeah, stand up was a foray I had when I it just like I like ended up here. But it's always since I've started, it's felt like the thing where I can apply all my lessons mm-hmm. and just be the best version of myself. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of has made the most sense where it's like stand up is a hundred percent. You have to bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like this. I finally have like the skills and I am the person that I want to bet on. Yeah. A lot of times what people have to admit is they're not quite the person that they should be betting on. (laughs) (laughs) Some people need to be a better version of themselves to bet on themselves. But it's a slow process. It's like, you know, it's a very slow process. There's a lot of things that I did 
before stand up that I feel like people still do while they're in stand up. It's just growth. Mm-hmm. It's just working on yourself. Yeah. Off stage. So in a way it's like I've been working on myself and I've been learning, but stand up was just this new thing that I like wandered into and I was like, Oh, okay, well this can be the thing that makes the most sense. Yeah. While also still doing the comedy adjacent stuff like mm-hmm. the sketches and stuff. So yeah, just art. It's just, I've always been around it. I've always like gravitated towards it and I I'm I'm very equally business and art driven, but mm. I'm much more fascinated yeah, by, by art. I'm both. I'm capable in both areas, and it, it's helped me a lot, and it will continue to help me. But what I want to focus on is art. Is know? there is there one that you're particularly driven towards more, or uh, I mean, between comedy and business, like uh, like uh, the whole gamut, like like for example, in comedy, like right. sketch or or. I think eventually, I, I like stand up is a thing that I want to do for like a very long time. That's just what I've like enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. My my goal would be to quietly retire and then only do stand up. Yeah. Uh, and I say quietly because when people know that you have money, they don't think you're funny anymore. Yeah. It's just a psycho. It's just a yeah, psychological yeah. thing, right? Um. Yeah. I I love comedy. Uh, I love comedy by far the most, but I am good at business and I'm good at investing. I'm good with money, which is a good thing to have in comedy because yeah. a lot of people, it's like they're fucking struggling all the time. And like for me, it's like I can invest in sketches in my setup mm-hmm. and how I want to be growing in comedy with money yeah. in a way that a lot of other people can't. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's, I, I don't know. I, I do want to be doing stand up for a long time. I, th- I will be, but I, it's what I like the most. I'll let the other stuff fail. And I think stand-up is the one that's the more sustainable one because you can do it by yourself. Yes. The other one, the other ones, they're to me they're very fun. But like I, I did improv for a while. Nice. And I did it for about a year and a half. I wasn't. I, I was. I'm a guy that needs reps. Right. For me to be good. Right. And if you do improv once or twice a week, that's okay. But from like I, I was seeing how I wasn't growing the way I, I always have like these expectations of, right. of myself and then the way where I'm where I'm at right and also the other part is like you need other people like there is I mean you can kind of do improv on stage by right. yourself but it's, we- it's, it's weird. weird it's like a monologue thing it's yeah. very weird yeah so just needing those other people to me was like oh yeah especially if they're not if they like like you said earlier if they don't have the same goals as you do right then you're just gonna be either dragging them along with you or they're you're just gonna be very frustrated right and you're also probably not having fun yeah that's like yeah it's uh yeah i i like i i like comedy a lot because it is just you Mm -hmm. it's just your own world and you're building towards it uh sketches are great uh, because it like kind of puts my management skills mm-hmm. to like the test. We, I yeah. graduated with a management major. Yeah. Um, and I like I like managing people because I feel like it's really it's really important to keep keep people motivated because you ultimately in order to keep people motivated you have to understand how they are at their core and what yeah. like makes them happy. So like I I enjoy managing a group. You know, like even like this movie that I'm writing with Alex and Avery. Mm-hmm. That's like management skills too because yeah. you have to set a week. You have to set a weekly meeting. You have to see how people are feeling. 
sometimes the you know we don't want to write for more than like an hour or so and then you're like okay mm. I, that's fine yeah, we're we're good yeah you know but also you have to like set goals to make sure you're always progressing right and sketches mm. are a whole nother thing too because you got to set up the shoot for the day of make sure yeah. everything's set in place sometimes you know people will be more motivated by having a little bit more responsibility on certain sketches where it's like okay you can direct this one you got it like do it you know fuck it or you like you want to act in this one like that's fine yeah so a lot it's a lot of yeah I like the sketches and the management side of things, but I it's not like the thing that I want to do the longest. What I want to do the longest is just bet on myself, and that's comedy. Yeah, that's comedy more than anything, really. Yeah, that is. I think that's from knowing you. I haven't seen any of your sketches. I haven't. No seen one's any seen any of any my sketches. So yeah, it's just I shoot them and I put them to. But just from what I've seen from stand up, I I I think that's where you should do your betting. Right. Because, like. You're just a year and a half in or something? Uh, it'll be two years in next month. You're, the way you write already is very distinguished than someone that normally does that for t two years, you know? Yeah, yeah. And thank so you, that's Thank you. That, that's, that's very impressive by how you accrued that. And, I, and you did that through, like, piecing Everything together. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's two years of straight comedy coming up but it's been a lifetime of just trying shit that's yeah that's all it is i can always kind of tell when someone tries a lot of people think that when you start comedy you progress very quickly i've already seen it a lot of times mm -hmm. they think they have this thing about them all it is they've struggled yeah that's they have struggled. they pull from things and they a lot of times the people that progress they don't realize that that's what they're doing but they're pulling from their life experience yeah and their failures and because they've kind of been here before regardless of whether or not they mm. they, they recognize it yeah Where a lot of times that's the danger of getting into comedy too early is you haven't really lived yeah and so you're just like yeah i'm gonna do comedy and then you know the mics don't go well or maybe you start hot and then the the bookings dry up and you think you've failed when in reality you never yeah. really succeeded to start with. You're yeah. just kind of growing. That's just the process of how it is. So yeah, I think it's, it's just, it's just failure. It's all, all it's been is just a lifelong of like failure and lessons and just keep moving on. That's all, that's all it is. That's, I think that's a great place to end it on. Yeah. What, what, uh, is there anything you want to plug or anything like uh, that? Not, no, I mean, just as my Instagram at, it's Tabit. I'll start, I have goals to start posting a lot more in 2024. Yeah. So there'll, there'll hopefully be stuff there. But yeah, just the Instagram for now. We'll see. I, I'll tell people maybe next time I'll have a lot more to talk about. But this time it's just what's happened, not yeah. what is happening. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's, yeah, it's very looking back and yeah, just plugging the Instagram. Sounds good, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, dude. Appreciate you. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba! Boo! Dee-dee-pee! Boo-dee-pee! 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 Boo-dee-pee